One parent, two kids, 419 national park sites. This is Expedition National Parks. Dispatches and stories from one family's journey to discover the cultural, historical, and natural treasures of the United States. Uh, I hope that uh, other problems in our hemisphere, uh, and for that matter throughout the world, will be solved with similar tolerance and trust. I think it's always good if uh, we just put ourselves in the other man's position and try to estimate how we'd feel if he were in our place and we were in his place and then make our judgments accordingly. That's what we've done in this uh, situation. And we think great benefits will flow not only to Mexico, but the United States and, uh, of course, uh, most of all, to the state of Texas, uh, who, where this land is located. Chamazal National Memorial is a very unique NPS site. It is many things in one, an urban park and a performing arts center, but most of all, it is a testament to the importance of diplomacy. Congress established the memorial in 1966 to commemorate the successful diplomatic conclusion of the Chamazal issue and to celebrate cross-cultural friendship and goodwill. To understand the situation, one must realize that half of the 2,000-mile Mexico-U.S. border is a free-flowing river, the Rio Grande. Setting the Rio Grande as the border marker caused many issues, disagreements, and conflicts as erosion and natural shifting of the course of the river impacted the border. It was to address these issues that the two countries founded the International Boundary Commission, IBC, which became the International Boundary and Water Commission, IBWC, in 1944. While this body attempted to address the conflicts and achieve conclusion, it was unable. Finally, with the Cold War in full swing and a desire to work more closely together, President Kennedy met the Mexican President Adolfo Lopez Mateos in Mexico City, June 1962, and they decided to work to end the persistent Chamazal dispute. Frank Ortiz Jr., who was then the special assistant to U.S. Ambassador to Mexico Thomas Mann, was interviewed about his role in the negotiation, and this expert is from the NPS and Chamazal website. Ambassador Mann and I flew to El Paso to see if the city's leaders were ready to support a mutually agreeable solution. Without publicity, we met with a few of the most influential citizens. They told us to keep the negotiations secret until the settlement was sure, and they told us we had to succeed or the future of El Paso and Juarez would be one of constant, bitter recrimination. A settlement could no longer be postponed. Next, we flew to Austin. Governor Connolly was in the hospital for surgery. He received us at his bedside. After weighing the pros and the cons, the governor said he was for a solution, but it had to be quick, and the negotiations kept confidential because of a probable Texas, quote, nationalist, end quote, reaction backlash. Our next stop was Houston. There we met with media owners and civic leaders. Again, Ambassador Mann won their support and their warnings to, quote, be careful, end quote. Ambassador Mann was so highly regarded and confidence in his judgment and his integrity was so high in Texas that he almost alone won the support we had to have for a solution. 
since the vice president, Lyndon Johnson, was also from Texas, we could count on a strong supporter in Washington. To keep the negotiations confidential and, quote, unofficial, end quote, I used Esso gas station maps of El Paso, on which we drew lines uh, by both sides showing various possible solutions. Until later, after a solution was agreed, there were no formal notes or letters. To see what form a solution to the issues could take, I returned to El Paso many times. I will never forget flying over the Chamizal area in a rusty, noisy helicopter, dodging power lines, tall chimneys, and the terrible dust and smoke and industrial smells. Now, early on, Mexico made it clear it would only uh, accept the exact acreage in the area awarded by the international arbitration that the U.S. had refused to accept. These amounted to 437 acres. That fact meant that the river would have to be moved, cutting U.S. citizens and their property, public and private, to the Mexican side. We expected this would stir up a hornet's nest of protest. After negotiating the details, including those contentious 437 acres for more than a year, U.S. Ambassador Thomas C. Mann and Mexico's Foreign Secretary Manuel Teo signed the Chamazon Convention on August 29, 1963. The treaty built on a century of diplomatic efforts to resolve the dispute. At the ceremonial signing of the Chamazal Treaty at the White House on December 20, 1963, President Lyndon B. Johnson gave some remarks to those in attendance, including Secretary of State Dean Rusk, a group of senators, and Antonio Carrillo Flores, Mexico's ambassador to the United States. Wayne, this is the first time you haven't gotten the first done. Wayne's been the author of most of this stuff. While this is a treaty room, I'd like you to also know this is a room where President Johnson... Uh, met with his cabinet for the first time, President Andrew Johnson. And uh, this is where President Lyndon Johnson signed his first treaty. And in order to do it, I came in here the other night and looked in the door, and my daughter, Lucy, was sitting at the head of the table studying plain geometry. <laughs> so uh, I asked her mother if she couldn't arrange to put a desk across the hall for make a study room out of it so that if we needed the cabinet room, it would be available. So we picked up plain geometry and Macbeth and a few other things and hauled them across the hall. <laughs> this treaty at present with us, uh, this is a moment of which we can all be proud. We're particularly delighted to have with us a distinguished ambassador from our neighboring country, uh, the beloved uh, Carita Flores from Mexico. We're taking the final step in bringing to a close a problem which has been a thorn in the side of our relations with Mexico for almost a century. The way in which the thorn has been removed is a real tribute to the goodwill between the people and the leaders of our two countries. It indicates that old and distasteful problems can be solved if men of honor seek to understand the other man's viewpoint. I recall the first visit that I made to President uh, Adolfo Lopez Mateos in Mexico, before he took the oath of office as president, he raised the Shamazal question, and we agreed there that we would start to work on it. 
And uh, through the administration of President Eisenhower and President Kennedy, uh, great progress was made and resulted in the Senate, uh, under leadership of Senator Fulbright, uh, ratifying his treaty by an overwhelming vote. Uh, I hope that uh, other problems in our hemisphere, uh, and for that matter throughout the world, will be solved with similar tolerance and trust. I think it's always good if uh, we just put ourselves in the other man's position and try to estimate how we'd feel if he were in our place and we were in his place, and then make our judgments accordingly. That's what we've done in this uh, situation, and we think great benefits will flow not only to Mexico but the United States and, uh, of course, uh, most of all, to the state of Texas uh, who, where this land is located. So, Mr. Ambassador, we welcome you here for this historic occasion. We say thanks to the members of the Senate who made it possible. We express uh, gratitude to Secretary Rusk for the leadership he's given. And uh, we're even delighted to have the television cameras here for this informal uh, press meeting. <laughs> they even distribute pens by seniority here. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this is the biggest and the best pen of them all, and Mr. Ambassador, I want to give you the pen that put the in and lend it. <laughs> now it's time for our outdoor org feature. Did you know statistics show that within our nation's national park system, black Americans make up around 7% of visitors but are 13% of the population? This month, we're featuring Soul Track Outdoors, a D.C.-based nonprofit that's trying to change those disproportionate statistics. Check out their website and follow them at Soultrack, S-O-U-L-T-R-A-K, Outdoors, to learn more about their organization and to donate. On September 25, 1964, near the site of the Chamazon National Memorial, on the grounds of the Old Bowie High School, Mexican President Adolfo Lopez Mateos and President Johnson unveiled the new monument. They also signed a joint declaration formalizing the official transfer of territory. President Lopez Mateo said at the ceremony, This is the first time that the presidents of the United States and Mexico have met, not to examine any of the problems existing between the two governments or to inaugurate works carried out through common effort of both countries, but to rejoice in a victory of international friendship achieved through cordial and honorable negotiation. The Chamasol Junior Ranger Program is quite unique. In addition to the booklet, there is a Junior Ranger Club that meets on alternate Saturdays and is announced via the site's Facebook page. The site even has its own mascot, Chammy, the spotted ground squirrel mascot. You can also become a Chamazon Virtual Ranger. Check out the online activities, including a board game. Ranger Claudia shared more about the history with us. The name Chamazal comes from the Spanish word chamizo, which is the word for the four-winged saltbrush shrub. Chamazal is a place where the chamizos grow. Um, I think so. We used to have a um, seasonal ranger that used to come um, every season here. And I think she had a lot of, her background was in education. Oh, okay. Um, so when I got here, which was about two years ago, um, one of the times that she was here, she just thought it would be a good idea to have something for the kids uh, to come back and just learn more about. And especially the local local kids, yeah. So they earn a little button every time they come? Is that the idea? Yes. So those are all different lessons? or Yeah, depending on the program, we try to come up with uh, 
a button that relates. And you make the button locally. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what kind of what kind of programs are there? Depends. Sometimes we tie it with uh, whatever's going on nationwide, mm -hmm. or sometimes it's part whatever's happening within the history of the park. Like there's a specific, there's a signing of the treaty, mm -hmm. or um, like recently we had the lunar landing. That was oh, the okay. National Park Service came up with a book. They partnered with. NASA. Okay. So they came up with a book. Um, we ordered the book, and we had the program here, so the kids here could have that book and have that experience. Um, so it depends. We every month we work on try to give something different. So it's coming up this week? No. In the third week. So it's the, actually the this week. Yeah. So do you know what it's what this one will be on? No. We, what uh, we do, we announce it on the Facebook page. Oh, okay. Um, there is a beautiful mural. See our website and social media channels for a photo, celebrating both cultures. Cultural celebration is truly the foundation of the park. It is a living memorial in an urban area dedicated to highlight and strengthen cultural connections between the residents of the world's largest bi-nation metroplex. We unfortunately didn't bring our passports when we visited, so we were not able to visit the Mexican park or the Ciudad Juarez. Of course, this visit was pre-COVID-19, so be sure to check the NPS website to check on what is open. Before the pandemic, cultural events held both outside and indoor performing arts space were integral to the park and its missions and activities. The theater is um, it's open for the community to use, but they have to go through a process where they have to approve. So it has to be something that kind of relates to the mission of the park. So it's I see. not just any. Right. Um, so right now, we don't have anything because there's a lot of renovations going on. Oh, okay. But when we do have things, it's usually like ballet folklorico dance, mm -hmm. uh, recitals. Um, we also have plays. Like, so plays actually, that are like in, in April mm -hmm. and March, depending uh, if they're finished by that time. We're planning to have a Siglo de Oro and the Century of Gold. And actually, we've been having that for almost 50 years now. <clears throat> and, wow, since the park started, wow. Yeah, and actually, they, they come from Spain and perform here. They come from local, uh, well, uh, national colleges. Or like Last year, it was the University of Massachusetts. They translated a, a Spanish uh, play into English and mm -hmm. they performed here. And they, because the festival originally was to celebrate the golden era in Spanish literature. Okay. So for many years, it was just about a place about Cervantes and all that. Right. And recently, the we have more moved uh, more towards like Chicano place and because this is supposed to celebrate yeah, the local like local culture. culture. So now the way it works is like the first week of the festival, um, we still have those plays. That are like, and that's when um, companies from Spain come over and they do Cervantes and all those classics. Mm -hmm. But then the the second week is about Chicano plays, and every year we're introducing more like things related to the border culture. It's just mm -hmm. literature, all Spanish literature. Thank you very much for listening to this episode on Chamazal National Memorial. We encourage you again to learn more about Soul Track Outdoors and to donate. 
We also keep encouraging you to explore the outdoors and visit our national parks, but of course, to do so safely and responsibly. Hashtag recreate responsibly. Thank you very much to Jason Shaw for the music. Please give us your feedback on our social media channels at Expedition National Parks, as well as leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate your feedback.